Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen Put on that lily white and run on to that green White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team this episode 3, Season 5 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. My name's Jav. Joining me this week, John Steggles from Merchester. Hi Jav. Hi David. Hello everyone. And David Fornell from Sussex. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, John and Jav. Right. Um, this has been a week dominated by stadium delays and goal celebrations, the, the, the whole Delhi celebration and, and, and all of that nonsense that goes off the pitch and and then yesterday um, we got a fantastic results beating Fulham um, which is really what, what matters really, getting you know we can talk about stadium delays, you can talk about um, celebrations off the pitch but when it comes down to it the most important thing is um, getting those three points and, and, and we did so yesterday um, let me turn to John first um, good performance how, how did you see yesterday's game um, from well from where I sat at home watching it um, I've got to say that we've become a, a really bloody good side and I don't think we should be surprised about it I think all round yesterday I thought there was performances across the pitch that are brilliant and for our fir- first real, or you know, our fir- the end of our real pre-season, um, it's not been a bad pair of results, to be honest. I mean, the American tour was worthless. It didn't prove anything. It didn't give many of the players that we needed to have fitness, any kind of fitness or any form. So to come through these two with six points, I think we're doing quite well. Um, I just get the feeling that some fans and are still waiting for us to 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 fail or for a regression or believe in the the the, the, the rubbish that's spouted in media by media organisations about Spurs being in crisis and always um, being Spursy and wanting and wanting us to fail really. So I, I just wish they people would just wake up and realise that those days of Redknapp and pre-Redknapp are well well gone now and we are a bloody good side. We are a bloody good side. Um, David, you and I were there yesterday and we, we were there a week ago at Newcastle um, when the Newcastle match, I, I felt at the, the, the time, it was a bit of a, not a scrappy game, but it, it, we weren't fully in first gear. Um, it, it, it looked as though it was a game where you know, it was post-World Cup, first game of the season, a lot of players involved in the were, in, in the World Cup, many of whom didn't have a pre-season. Um, but yesterday, it, it felt as though we were, it, it was a lot closer to the Spurs of old that that, that that we know. It was a much more polished performance. Well, after a, uh, after the week we've had, it was just wonderful to see a foot, game of football break out. Um, and as you say, last week at Newcastle, I have to say... We don't give enough credit to, to these sides. They, they, we are, as Benitez said, they're, they're too powerful for us. And, and that was evident. So they come with a game plan each time. And it's getting very hard for us to break this down. Um, and you saw yesterday when we did, and then we got the second sort of goal ahead, 
you could you could see that we could really open up. We could have got a couple more, um, but last week they they did stifle us. They did stifle us. Um, but yesterday, yeah, it was the definitely that Spurs, the better Spurs of, of re- uh, recent times, last season and certainly this season before, we saw a little bit more. We're still we're still making some silly errors defensively. We're going to sleep um, at critical moments a bit, but. Um, there were times we were flowing beautifully. There were some really good moves and there were some really good performances. There was a lot to take away from that. Absolutely. Um, the Defensively, um, Pochettino went, went with a back three, Alderweireld starting. Um, it's amazing how um, towards the end of last season, um, most of our fans uh, were of the mindset that Toby was gone, that he would go. Um, even the most optimistic of us um, were starting to fear fear the fear the worst. Um, but he started yesterday in a back three. That first time that we've played a back three with that personnel with Vertonghen, Alderweireld, and Sanchez since Toby got injured against Madrid um, at home last uh, whatever it was November. Um, having said that, we we still fell asleep and, and allowed them um, to score a goal. I think overall. Um, I was just discussing this with John off air. Um, John, you made the point to me that, that overall um, they we looked we looked the better team for, for, for most of the game, and they had a period in the second half, probably just after they scored, maybe a ten minute period where um, they were Fulham were in the, in the ascendancy, and we seemed to be they you know they had a bit of a spring in their step, and we seemed to find it difficult to to open them up, but. Overall, I think if I look at the first half, I think we we never really were threatened. Um, we caused them a few a few problems. Second half, um, got the first goal, and then yeah, apart from that period where they scored, and where it changed for me, I think was when Pochettino made those substitutions, bringing on Dembele and then. Lamella, both the personnel and the point at which, crucially, the point at which he made those substitutions. He didn't wait a lot until a lot later in the game. Um, I know a lot of us, a lot of fans, criticise Pochettino um, in terms of his substitutions and the fact that he leaves him so so late. Um, but I think yesterday he got it spot on, um, and you've got to give credit where it's due. And I think that when Dembele came on, um, we suddenly had a little bit more urgency. We stepped it up a gear. Um, and I think we, we look stronger. And even before Trippier's goal, we were threatening them. It, it, the ball didn't always fall for us, so there was a few few opportunities. I think mean, Delhi had one and it, and it uh, chance and it, and it um, didn't go in, but it, but it was close. Um, but it, it we looked a lot more. What's the phrase I'm looking for? We we, we looked a well old machine, um, and uh, yeah, fully des- deserving of, of the three points. I'd agree. I, I think the, the, when they changed formation um, to a back four, um, we looked a lot more solid. Three at the back can be undone by a good press, which is exactly what Fulham did at the start of the second half. They they just pushed up, and I think their goal was a bit deserved, to be honest with you. There was no pressure on us to get the ball back, and it was a bit of a pathetic start to the second half. It was, it was almost like we were like rabbits in the headlights, when, and we couldn't suss it out, but the, the two subs changed it. Definitely, definitely, uh, you know... <sighs> I said to you, Dav, early on, if, if Dembele can start 15 games this season, we'll, we'll have a good season out of him. We just need to manage him and make sure he can um, keep playing. Um, it showed what he brings to the side yesterday. and It'll be, it'll be stupid to, to get rid of him, e- even 
10 games or you know 20 games coming on as a sub good 15 games start even better for me he, he's he's a he's a big player for us and, and still got a big future with us i think um we had a few comments from listeners around the game kent goodrich um, his twitter handle is at kent goodrich at kent goodrich he says great day spurs win kane breaks the august curse toby plays delhi a handful no sign of Sissoko or Serge, um, and Arsenal and, and West Ham lose. Um, Rob Craxford, who comments, he says, Stadium's delayed. Great to see Lamella, Dembele, Toby, and Winks back. Uh, and then he jokes, my forecast is now screwed since Harry scored. Um, David, on Dembele, um, do you think he's got a few... Well, firstly, he's one of a few players that have been linked with a move away um, in the summer from Spurs, he's still here. Um, there's still a, f- a couple of weeks left of the, or less than a couple of weeks left of the European transfer win- window. Do you think he has a future at Spurs? Oh, I do. I think he has. I think all the boys have actually. Um, it's something I might come back on to when we talk about the stadium a bit more. But um, I, I have a sort of a, another one of my conspiracy theories. But uh, yes, I, I, I agree with John. Absolutely. Um, 15 games. You can see um, in certain games, and that one was was a great example where he he, uh, absolutely um, powered his way through and and, and could hold the ball up and and twist and turn and brought another dimension. I know it came in with a a change of the back four. Um, Yes, I've got a feeling that his agent said to him, look, you know, we've got, you know, judging his age and the... um, um, seemingly issues with his body that, that it, it's not as young as it was, that he could get a very good last um, um, deal somewhere else on good money. And, and, and who could blame him if that's, if that's what's on offer, if there's one on offer. But if it's not, I'd be more than happy for him to, uh, to remain. And especially as we haven't brought anybody in, um, I, I, I'm hoping that um, the, the, the interview afterwards with, Pochino, um, I, I thought was very interesting, and, and it was there was almost a suggestion that um, there's a change of tack and a change of feeling in the club about uh, um, possibly all three players, um, whether they go or, or in fact whether they actually stay. Mm. I think if you if you look at all three of those players, I mean each of the cases are, are, are very different. Um, in the case of Dembele, you've got somebody who's you know who, who's who's aging a bit and. Um, it's it's fair to say, you know, he, he's at a point in his career where he's he's probably looking at it and he and he's thinking, you know, can I get a, a that a, a good payday somewhere else, uh, uh, for example, in China, perhaps, um, and he he might want a longer contract than a year. It's possible that Spurs his contract comes to an end at end at the end of this season and it's possible that you know at that point whether we do offer him one or not if we do it might just be a one-year ro- rolling co- contract which is not uncommon for, for players in their yeah. in their 30s and he, you know, he might want something m- m- longer than that Alderweireld the situation is well documented he what if it's if, if what we've been told or what we've heard is true um he was after 180,000 last year um no, yeah. not at any point did he say I want to leave. As far as I know, not at any point has he thrown his toys out of the pram. Um, he's shown a great deal of professionalism every time he's played. 
Um, we don't obviously know. We're not privy to what, what goes behind closed doors and 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 the the effort that he's put in tr- in training or or, or lack of, if, if that's the case. But we we know that whenever he, whenever he's called upon, he's he's been superb. Um, at that point in time, it's possible that that, that the club weren't going to pay him that. Um, I said it towards the end of last season. As soon as we start offering the likes of Kane. Sun, etc. Um, new deals, which we have, the ceiling will be raised, and it might then be in. This, we might then find ourselves in a scenario where we can actually offer what Alderweireld wanted. And then Rose, who's never did himself any favours with his comments um, a year ago, or just mm-hmm. over a year ago. And the worst part of that, I suppose, was coming out talking to Sun, talking to a, a tabloid, um, and being so candid in what he said. But again, he never. <sighs> He's never come out and not given 100%. He's, you know, he hasn't gone on strike. He's not said, I want to move. Yeah, he was talking in broad terms when he said he'd like to go back up back up to the, back up to the north, but he's, he's never explicitly said, right, I want to leave. He's never handed in a transfer request. So it's possible he'll be here as well. Um, mm. And we haven't made any signings, so so we need we need that, and we can't make any signings now, not until January. So so we need we need that strength strength from depth. Um, just very briefly, let, let's just go through the the, the line, lineup yesterday. Um, Larice, I thought, was solid. Made a few saves early on in the first half. Um, the kept us in it. Definitely yep. kept us in it. Absolutely, the, the centre backs for Tongan solid. Um, Sanchez Sanchez was a little unfortunate to come off, but that was just because we we changed the formation. Alderweireld, um had a good game. Um, I, I don't know if you, I mean, we talked about it at the time, David. I, I don't know if you remember John watching it, but but there was a mistake that he made fairly early on, or halfway through, maybe maybe in the in the first half. But he he made amends for that, uh, where he yeah. lost lost the ball. Um, Eric Dyer. Um, we had a question on him um, a little bit further down in the running order um, from Chris Gal, who said, um, in relation to Dyer, um, he said, I personally think he's one of our most consistent players in both games. What are your views? Um, he had a, he, he wasn't a player that stood out, but he had a solid game from what I can remember. There was a couple of balls that he played through. Um, a couple of them were searching to come off. Um one of them came off the back of Kane, I think, that was almost a through ball. But he had a solid game. Uh, with Again, going back to the press, he, he didn't really have that much to do in protecting the back three because he he, he maybe got a bit, a, a bit bypassed. Um, so, but, I, I, yeah, I, I struggle to think, really, if he contributed anything majorly or minorly to the game. He was, uh, you know, he was just on the pitch. It would affect uh, Wanyama getting over him. I'm not sure. He, had, I think Dai had a solid World Cup and he's, he's deserving of his place at the moment. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm not saying he was invisible, but yeah. he just he, he, he didn't hear his name that much on the commentary. He, he didn't seem to, to you know, it, just a bit, maybe, maybe not a 5 out of a 10, but just a, a, a professional workman-like performance i think one of the benefits whether you play with the back three or, or whether you go with the back four having dyer there over Wanyama, um and i'm not suggesting for a minute that i prefer dyer over uh, over Wanyama. i'm a big fan of Wanyama, but dyer's ability just to slot back in um into a back three or well, if if we sorry into if we're playing with with two center backs you can you can drop back and you can you can, you can form a three um and if you're 
playing with a back three. He can just sit in front as well. Um, and if if the two centre backs step step forward, he can he can he can drop deep in that scenario as well. Um, there's a it's a natural sort of synergy um, in there because he can play both positions. Uh, but yeah, he did. He had a he had a, he had a okay game. I thought. I think one of the issues um, you may not have seen enough of uh, Eric, um, Dyer um, was because we were getting so much change out of lobbing the ball down the right hand side to Trippier. Uh-huh. He was getting so much space. Um, he had a really good game, and it was bypassing uh, Dyer a little bit. I thought he's very steady. Um, it reminds me of teams gone past, not just Spurs teams, but other teams where they've said to guys like Dyer, right, you're the stopper, get it, and give it to your playmaker. In other words, Eric, you get it, you stop him, get it, have a little play, but give it to, as soon as possible to Ericsson, and he'll do what we need him to do. And that's what he does. So he, Eric Dyer is probably going to be much maligned, but, but actually doing the job he's being asked to do. And that's, again, what is... is always goes back to what we don't know what is he told what was his game plan? What, what, what is what is his tactic you know before the game said and it may well be you you get it and you give it to Ericsson I don't want to see you sort of trying to lob 40 50 yard balls over the defense we don't need you to do that play it simple and and, and it's a shame if he's getting a, a, a little bit of a, um, a, a not pasting but a bit of doubts on him when he's he's just doing the job he's asked to do and I think I I think that's what he's doing and I, and I think he's excellent going forward he's absolutely essential because he's so versatile I mean when he started his first game for us was, was cracking gold against West Ham mm. you can see what he can do if if he's allowed to move forward but he doesn't go that far forward it was unusual then I, I, now looking back at it what he, the hell he was doing there but he shows he can and uh, certainly as, as a centre back he's, he's good cover it shows what a versatile um, crew we've got there Absolutely, and and he can pick out, pick out a pass as we saw last season um, when he put um, Delhi through at Stamford Bridge. Um, David, you mentioned Trippier um, getting a lot of, lot of the ball on the right hand side, um, and I think it's now as good, good as time as any. Um, his free kick, um, he he scored one in the World Cup, um, and I remember yesterday um, just before the free kick, um, he seemed to pull up with an injury. He was holding his hamstring. Yes. And then shortly afterwards, um, we were awarded the free kick. And straight away, I turned to you and I said, look at Trippier, look at Trippier. And he just, as soon as we had that free kick, he just ran towards the ball. And, it, and he had that steely determination in him that he was going to be the one who, 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 who would take that free kick. And, and what were your words to me? Um, he said something along the lines of, if you can do it in a World Cup. Yeah, if you do it in a World Cup, semi finally can do it here. And, and sure enough. And he, he was confident, wasn't he? He picked his spot and he put it in there. I mean, what a free kick. Um, so, and there is a question there, isn't there, about him taking over from uh, Ericsson. Well, we had to... it, it just means we've got two free kick takers. Absolutely. We've got an option. Absolutely. And we had, we, we had a couple of questions around, around Trippier. Firstly, Craig uh, McKissick, um, how fantastically stupendous was Trips today? Um, surely now he has silenced his critics. Definitely, uh, definitely. Although he's not Walker, people I can shut right up. Um, I think he shut them up at the World Cup as well. It was it began from there and carried on. But yeah, I, my friend Andy came around yesterday, and he's a West Brom fan. And as soon as we had that free kick, 
I said to him, Trippier should be taking this. And as soon as it went in, he just turned to me and said, well, there you go. And it, you know, it, it was superb. I think I've been banging his drum for a couple of seasons saying he should be on corners. But now let's expand that and let's have him on uh, free kicks. It was interesting that the one short corner that he played for Ericsson and Ericsson played in, it hit the first man. Um, <laughs> but, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm advocating him on every dead ball from now on. It, it, that whole when fans say, "Oh, he's not, he's not Walker," or, or they say that about Davis in relation to, "Oh, he's not Rose." Yeah, he fucking well isn't. Do you know what? He's not. He he because he no. he's trippier. He's not. He's got different attributes, different skill sets to his game, which um, uh, which Kyle Walker didn't have. You know, his his delivery is ten times better than Walker's will ever be. And Walker's gone to Man City, and yeah, he's won trophies, and and I'm sure Pep has improved him just as Pochettino improved him as a player. But he still can't deliver d- deliver balls as good as um, Trippier. Um, that. That's not a criticism of Walker, although we 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 can we can take it as such. Um, but it, it just highlights the fact that certain players have got you know different skill sets, and Trippier offers us you know different different attributes. Um, so yeah, he's not Carl Walker, but he gives you certain things that Carl Walker doesn't. Um, Walker Walker just had pace because he'd make a brain fight, he'd fuck up, and then he'd have to use his pace to rescue himself out of the situation. Yeah, you know and. and Trippi is the better defender and the better delivery of the ball. Can I just say though that that you're right. That ball to him was on all game. He had so much space it was ridiculous. But I wouldn't call it wasteful crossing. But we had nobody attacking the front post, which was bloody frustrating. The amount of balls he put in that if Kane was just coming on the front post, we'd have had more and more goals. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah. Absolutely. We're not we're not quite at full speed yet, and that's what Pochettino was saying. You know, he was really happy and quite rightly so. Um, but that was part of the point, I think, that um, all that space that Trippier had, all the possession we had, and in 25 minutes that we hadn't scored a goal. You know, that that was quite a strong period, and that is a slight concern that we're not using that amount of possession. And, and converting it into into a goal, just the one would you know, it's, would be good because I think that you know more will come from that. Unfortunately, that, that that's been um, the same story the last few seasons. That we appear not to be cl- clinical enough. We we seem to make a lot lot of chances, and I wonder whether that just stems from the fact that it's just to do with a lot of the time the style of football that we do. I don't want to say overpass it, but. We do pass it back and forth and sideways a lot um, to try to in order to, to try to carve that opening, mm-hmm. but we don't necessarily have somebody that can do something different that can. Um, well, that, that's not true. We, we, we do have individuals that, that, that can do. You know, Kane on his day can can cut in from outside and 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 and, and, and shoot and score like like Bale did, um, but we don't. <sighs> you said it to me yesterday. Um, David at the game that we don't have, for example, dare I say it, somebody like um, Salah who can just qu- very quickly change defence from, from from attack and hit, hit teams on the break. I think we do to a lesser degree. We have that occasionally. We see that with the likes of Sun. We saw that with Lamella yesterday carrying the ball forward, driving it forward, running at pace. Um, but more often than not, I just feel as though we're, we're trying to pass away and mm. it's a little bit too predictable, mm. um, and yeah, and also I, I I do feel John, you've got a point in that 
when we were getting balls in the bo- box, we just didn't have the bodies. Um, Delhi seemed to be a lot lot deeper. He had, we'll come to him in, in a minute. I thought he had a really good game, but um, he seems to be playing a little bit deeper, not getting in the box um, as much as say he did um, a couple of years ago when when he was sort of playing off Kane. Um, let's go back back to a few more questions just around tri- um, trips. Um, Lee Marston, his Twitter handle is at Lee Marston eighty one. Um, he says, "Is Ericsson now second choice for free kicks?" And Greg Taylor says, "Should we thank Gareth Southgate for unleashing a new free kick expert in Trippier?" I think I, I, I knew he had it in him, and it was just it, it just needed to yeah. So I, I would thank somebody for giving him the chance because it would have always been Ericsson. And I think we'll see him continue on corners at least, and I think they'll they'll rotate free kicks whoever's feeling it but it, what's interesting it means that Ericsson has some competition on them oh excuse me <laughs> can we cut that there that's Pochettino it is yeah. hold on sorry I've got to take this hello right hold on a minute it's the mother-in-law sorry, sorry I've just hung up on her <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mo- Caroline's uh, got it that's fine okay we're not going to take that out um <laughs> <laughs> oh, can, can I can I just make a point here? Because I've I've been on holiday for the last two weeks and I've been in yeah. Glasgow, and my mother-in-law is a massive massive Rangers fan, um, and as probably as blinkered as you'll see, and it's not just our fans that are mental and have really mad opinions about players. Rangers have got a striker called Moreno. Now he he scored a hat trick today. And he played really well. And a couple of times I sat and watched football with her. But she was cursing his name, saying how rubbish he is and how he's, he's this and he's that. And it's absolutely crap. And I'm just sitting there going, no, no, he's a, he's a, he's a good player. He's, he's, there's something about him. And it, it just goes to show that the, the blinkered fans are everywhere. It's just not Tottenham that has them. They, she was completely mental about this player, slagging him off. But he was really good. Really, really played well. Yeah, but yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in there. Football fans, in, football fans in general, um, I think, have a tendency to be like that. Um, yeah, the, I, I don't know that we can necessarily thank Southgate. I think, as you say, he always had that ability, but he, he got that chance that perhaps he wouldn't at Spurs at international level, and he took it. And and he t- and you know, I think that that meant that hopefully going into this season he might be con- considered and. and he was given another chance yesterday, and he took that as well. So it's good. I think David, you said it earlier. I think it's good to have options, not just have Ericsson, yeah. um, to have uh, trips as well. Um, just going through the rest of the lineup, Davis, I thought did okay, but I I didn't think he was utilised enough. I don't, I know that you said that Trippier had with all that yeah, space. Yeah, he had he had all that space, but I also felt that at certain t- times when. Um, Vertonghen was bringing the ball forward on, on the left hand side certainly in the first half I was I noticed this more and also when Delhi was sort of inside left they seemed I don't know if they were reluctant but you know, maybe there were better options um, to their right but they, they didn't really utilise the option of Davis or pass it I to him I think once Trippier's moved because he did go a long way forward I mean there were a couple of real um Buttes that uh, uh, Toby played to him. I mean, the crossfield balls were, were real quality, more of Paul Scholes sort of level. Um, and then I think Davis tends to stay in touch 
with his centre backs and, and doesn't push too far forward. We almost go swivel around to a back four, not quite, but he stays in contact with them, which is what I would expect. And I think it was Trippier that sort of I thought I thought Davis did well I, when he got. Forward. I think definitely second half he, he seemed to be a lot more involved, um, particularly that that the point at which we we switched the four, um, and uh, he had a few, few balls he, he put in from the from the left hand side. He also had a, had a shot, as I recall. Um, who else? Um, Delhi, I thought had a really good game. Um, yeah. Ericsson, Ericsson. Now his delivery might have been poor. Um, there was lots of people behind me complaining about him not beating the beating the first man, but. Um, David, you, you made a point to me yesterday about the fact that he covers so much ground. Oh, he was just backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, sprinting around. And in fact, their goal came from the moment he didn't really sprint across. He was just slightly jogging when the cross came over. And I thought, oh, it was a shocking piece of defending. But I'm, I'm, I'll go on to that in a minute. But And it just goes to show if he doesn't do his little bit, um, it can cost us. But, well, he does do some work, doesn't he? Absolutely. I think. He doesn't like hitting it, though, does he? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Johnny, you're past. No, I, I think yeah, Eric, you know he, he he didn't beat a first man, and he, he he sometimes has a problem with that. But I think Ericsson had a great performance yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like you say, he was harrying and he was harassing people mm-hmm. yesterday, um, and really, really put a shift in. Really put a shift in. He's 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 added that to his game. Uh, you know, uh, and not not botting it but just uh, almost bullying people just putting a little foot in niggling just getting in there just breaking play up I thought he was exceptional yesterday um, the other two players that started Mora um, thoughts on him very good could have had a hat trick um, on another day um, almost sorry I'm going to break the cliche meter and say he's almost like a new signing um, but yeah pressed again harried good movement got into the right areas on another day would have had a hat trick in the first half um exceptional i thought exceptional deserved of man of the match for me and and kane scoring in august proving that he can do it yes but i still think that he can get fitter i think he looks a little labored if i'm honest and um i think it might take another month or so before we see him up to his natural fitness and playing 100% for us. If that makes any sense, like mm-hmm. you say, not coming across to the front of the front post and things like that, he'll pick those up as as we go on. I'd like to make mention with um, uh, and our, our new signing. Um, I, <laughs> if you think back uh, with Son. He spent some while, and I must admit, when we signed him, ah, another one of my conspiracy theories, I suppose, um, I wondered if it was more a commercial deal to try and drum up business in the Far East, which what clubs have done. I mean, what what happens? You get a foreign player in, like Everton did, um, from that, the Far East, and they were then sponsored by a, um, a, a mobile phone company, which was completely decked out in their text so it's unreadable to us so it's purely for market and they got a lot of money from it just playing him and I, and I thought we were going to go down that avenue and he wasn't good a lot of fans were saying about song oh, I don't think he does enough then I, if I remember right if I've got this right um, Harry Kane got injured and he played centre forward sort of almost a false nine and he was stunning song was and suddenly he became part of the team and most certainly I was wrong he wasn't just a 
a, a financial um, signing. And I, and I got a feeling that Mora, again, he's not starting great, but as I say, he takes, as, as Pogacinas, it takes six months to get him to used to us. Suddenly, I mean, against Newcastle, he was not invisible, but it, it wasn't a good game. He was seemingly running into people. But yesterday, he was scampering. He was getting it off people. It was a nuisance. And, and he really was a danger to them. And yes, you're right, John. He, he was a, a, a worthy man of the match. Um, and they've got a player there, another player, into this, what I think is a nice, plump squad. Very briefly, um, the substitutions that came on, um, Winks uh, obviously didn't have a great deal to do, um, but crucially the other two, Dembele um, certainly made a big change, and, and Lamella. Um, I mean, that mm. run, that, you know, if that was any other player, if that was, I don't know, Gareth Bale doing that, um, people would, would be uh, wax lyrical about it. Um, but because it's Lamella, and he seems to polarise opinion amongst fans, um, it was just a superb run and 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 layoff to, to to Kane for his goal. Not just that; even prior to that, I think when he came on, he his his movement off the ball is really good. Um, he he looks he looks like a like a, again falling in that in that <laughs> cliches um, like a brand new signing. Um, I say. I, I, he, he injected a bit of drive when he came on um, two runs. Did did he make the run to get the free kick for Trippier? Or was that before he came on? Oh, I can't remember. Um, might, have, might have been before. But, you know, I, nothing better than seeing uh, a midfielder see some space, then eat it up 30 yards through the middle of the park with a driving run. Do you know what I mean? It, it's far too many players uh, just want to make the pass, like a Modric checks pass, just a split defence. But if you can just drive on, it pulls people out of position and it creates um, opportunities, which he did and for, for Kane. Absolutely brilliant yesterday, that little bit. Just shows Son can do that as well. But I think with with Sonoff in um, enjoying his time at the Asian Cup, we need Lamella to be coming on doing that, and especially because he's quick as well. If you bring him on, you no, know, twenty minutes to go, he is going to cause a lot of problems for teams. Um, okay, let's let's move it on to actually one other thing I was, I was just going to add in relation to Fulham, um, the, the the bench. Um, that was pretty strong, you know. We often fans, our own fans, say that we don't have strength and depth. But I, you know, if you look at the bench yesterday, we had Vorm, um, the two fullbacks, Aria and and Rose, and then Dembele, Winks, um, Sissoko. Okay, maybe not so, and 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 Lamella. Um, and you look at who wasn't on that bench: Wanyama, who. Was injured, and I guess if he was fit, he would have been on the bench ahead of a Sissoko and Son, who's um, in the, at, at the Asian Games. And if Son had been available, and let's just say on the bench rather than starting for the sake of argument, then I don't know who you, who you would have sac- sacrificed in that scenario. Maybe one of the midfield players you might have been top heavy if you've got say Wanyama, Winks, and Dembele on the bench, or I guess it would be one of the fullbacks in, in Uri and Rose. So we do have that depth there. Um, that's not not to mention, um, you know, the likes. If we had the question from um, our own Rebecca Braddock, who said, "Why no youth this week?" Um, so we, you know that you've got the likes of um, Amos, Skip, Foyth, um, I could Walker Peters, yeah, and for all, all his um, versatility 
for the offers playing at left back or right back. You could go further down, um, sort of scraping the bottom of the barrel here and say Carter Vickers or um, Onoma. Um, but we we do have some depth. I mean, on on that question point from from Bex, I guess because we have so many people fit and available, it's, it, that we desperately maybe a week or so ago, um, it, it's it's going to be perhaps difficult for some of those young players I mentioned to to break through. The only one I can see perhaps getting in would be Walker Peters ahead of one of the one of the other fullbacks, um, either Rose or more likely Uriah. Mm. I'd I'd like to see um, Walker Peters on over Uriah. I think um, for me, but yeah, I mean. It, Poch has never shied away from playing the youth and promoting them and bringing them through. So I'm sure that the, the whatever cup games we go into early doors um, is going to be interesting because I think we'll see more of them coming through, um, which will be good and heartening again um, for these other teams that claim to be academies of football and, and um, you know, bring you through the kids or whatever. I think we're the main ones that have been doing it in the last five years. Five, or so years while Poch has been there. So yeah, more of that, please. More of that. Absolutely. I'm sure that you say that there'll be chances in the Carabao Cup. Um, let's move it on to, to the next game briefly. Just look at that and and and, and ask ask you for predictions. I mean, the, the crucial thing here was to, to win these two two games. They were. What did you describe them a week ago to me, David, when we were in Newcastle as um, banana skins? I think possibly you might have said potentials potential games where we should win on paper, but. Um, mm-hmm. And and we did, and, and we we got a result against Newcastle. That's got got three points. And yesterday was it was going to be that one game at Wembley, um, our supposed difficult ground where we had a um, hoodoo. It turns out it's not going to be the only game at Wembley. Um, and and we beat a promoted team again. Pochettino's got a very good record. I think it's nineteen wins out out of twenty or so, or, or, or something like that, or against the, the uh, promoted teams. Um, and and we've got the points in the bag, but the opposition will be slightly tougher. So a week tomorrow, Bank Holiday Monday, we're playing United away. Um, mm. Well, before, I'm, con- I'm concerned about it, obviously, because um, the last time we played them, I think, was it a semi-final? That was the last time, wasn't it? Yeah. They had the measure us that time, and, and Mourinho does have that ability to, to, to drag out a win regardless of what it looks like how ugly it is he had does have that ability and he is desperate to stay on the uh, shirt tails of their neighbors he is desperate so and he'll know it'd be a tough game what he did last time in that semi-final he he allowed um, um, Pogba a bit more of a free run and he sat a bit on uh, um, Dembele who's ours a bit more of a playmaker that day. and he, he, he mugged him and that made the difference and he, he mugged him badly actually and, and of course from that cross of bang goal and that was the end of us um, it'd be interesting to see whether he starts Dembele on Monday that I, I, it, it's going to be interesting to me to see what he does it's going to be a tough game <sighs> I'm going to go with my heart rather than my head and say 1-1 one, one. Um, so I'm going up you're going up, David. Um, just for, just for the record, and this doesn't bode well, but I've been to Thank Old Trafford three times. Um, I've been to 
the last three times we've played United, and in each of those games we've lost 1-0. Um, so I don't know if either of you are particularly superstitious, but, um, yeah. John, um, are, you, are you superstitious? Um, not in the slightest. I mean, it's not like I wear have to wear my Spurs hoodie, drink from my Spurs cup on a match day, nothing else. Um, if I've got um, my Spurs shorts clean and it's warm, I'll be wearing those. No, I'm not superstitious in any way. Um, I reckon 2-2 against Man Yeah, 2-2. Um, I think it'll be... Um, again, I think we'll go up there, we'll play well, we'll score some goals, but there'll be possibly some... Um, contentious decisions and it will cost us the, the full points but yeah 2-2 um, and it'll be an early um, sign of uh, uh, you know I'm, I'm almost glad that we haven't had to play Chelsea uh, and Man City in, in, in our in our opening games um, but you know um, yeah our, our little pre-season against um, the lesser teams is over now this is where it really starts yeah I'm going to sit on the fence and go for a draw I think um I'm hardly going to say that we're going to lose the game, so um, it's either a win or a draw. And I think going there to get a win is difficult enough as it is. Old teams don't generally don't go to Old Trafford and and win matches. It, it, it's a it's a difficult place. Um, this isn't the best United team. It's not the worst. We've we've played a few poor teams in in recent seasons when Moyes and Van Hal were managing, and we've played certainly better teams when Ferguson was in charge. But it, it's a decent team, and as you said, David uh, Mourinho will no doubt make it difficult and he will no doubt find a way even if it's not pretty to win the game so I think it will be a tough match but at the moment what we've got going for us is we've got everybody back pretty much you know aside from Wenyama and and uh, um, who might be back for that game and obviously Son um, will he go with a back three he's got that option now um, he, they started the other day he goes back. I bet he goes with the back four Interesting if he does, and, and who misses that? Will will it will it be Toby yeah. or, or will it be Sanchez? Um, and will, as you say, will he start Dembele? I'm I'm going to go for two all for that game. Um, right, have, have either of you been um, practicing the um, Delhi celebration? No. Can you do it? <laughs> I put a picture on the, uh, the the Facebook feed. I can I can do it. To, but my my years of playing Pac Man and computer games have given me crippling arthritis, so I can only do it to a point. There you go. I'm doing it now. See? Yes. I, I'm I'm doing it as well with, with both hands. But um, yeah, <laughs> this, this, this works really really well on um, on a podcast f- format. Um, so you just have to take my word for it that I that I did it um, seamlessly with ease. Um, right. A question from Conor Manetto: Does winning cure all wounds? So this is really in relation to the news we had earlier this week on Monday um, that the stadium will be delayed. Um, hey? it will not, it really? Will not be, <laughs> um, it will not be opening on the 15th of September. Um, uh, there hasn't been a date that they've said that it will open. I mean, they've, they've just said that the Cardiff and the Liverpool and the Cardiff game will, will be at Wembley. So potentially it could be ready for the Man City game on the something Sunday the 28th of October, but the fact they're already talking about uh, looking at conting- contingency plans for that game um, and seeing whether it could be played elsewhere, Wembley is, is, isn't an option on that Sunday because the day before there's an American football game, um, Spurs have asked City about whether they could switch it 
um, to the Etihad or whether the game could be postponed, etc. I think David, you mentioned yesterday to me the possibility, perhaps, that it could be played played on the Monday mm. because maybe the pitch might be sorted um, by then after the the, the um, American football game on, on on the Saturday. I don't know if it's a European game straight afterwards. Whether that would clash, um, I can't remember if there's one middle of the week. So whether that's an option, but the fact they're already talking about that suggests that it, it might not be ready till November, maybe December. Who knows? Um, I'm well, going to stick my neck on the line and say we're not going to be in till after Christmas. Yeah. When um, the news when the news broke, I was, it's fair to say, pretty pissed off. Um, I'm normally quite rational. I'm normally quite calm. I'm not a Levy hater. I'm not somebody that throws his toys out. of the Pram in relation to Tottenham, you know, I, 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 I generally quite calm. Um, when this story broke on Monday, first it was, um, there was a report in, 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 in the Sun, and I think the Mirror were also reporting it that afternoon. And it wasn't good, but I thought I was quite dismissive of it. I was like, well, until the club announced anything, um, I I'd take that all with a pinch of salt. And then, lo and behold, a few hours later, um, it was official, and. If I go back to how, I'm, how I was feeling then, as opposed to how maybe I'm feeling now, now that I've calmed down a bit, um, at the time I was angry because I was disappointed. You know, I was as a fan, I was like everybody else. I was looking forward to the 15th of September. I was looking forward to that opening game in, in the new stadium. Um, the force of playing at Wembley again for a few more matches, to me. Uh, you know, I can live with that. I can even live with with the prospect of playing the whole season at Wembley. Um, if we have to, um, it, it's not the end of the world. It's not ideal, but it's not the end of the world. But I think more than anything, I was looking forward to the fact that we were going to be in our new ground. A date had been set. Every, you know, it's, it's like as a kid, you you look forward to a certain event, and whether that be Christmas, your birthday, or whatever it might might be. And then when it doesn't happen, or, or, or when a spanner is thrown in the works, it it, it naturally felt disappointed and and there was that there was the feeling of how the club had handled it um, I, I, I felt we'd been led up the garden path that it perhaps could be better communicated to the fans and, and I was angry um, uh, almost a week later um, having thought about it I think that, that these things do happen We there are reasons why we have test events and it's to iron out potential problems. And if the stadium isn't safe, and if there are, as we understand, issues with electrics, then the stadium's going to be delayed. I, I get that. Um, and, yeah, winning yesterday does help to cure um, wounds. It does help us to move on. And ultimately, what happens on the pitch is the most important important thing. We can, If we have to play at Wembley for another half and dozen games, then so be it. We'll, we'll do that, and I don't think it'll be a problem. Um, it will be a disappointment. It is a disappointment, though. Um, but uh, I don't know. Um, could the club have handled it better? Could they have communicated to fans better? Did it happen all, all at the last minute? Well, if you, if you go back, the weekend the club officials were being taken around the stadium, it was very much the opinion then that the stadium would be open. And that's what the, the official line was. It's going to, you know, it's going to be open. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. I think after that... Um, mates came to him and said basically we've got a problem with the emergency systems and and i think there was a load of rush comms sent out and i think i think it, it was 
possibly leaked by the media or picked up and 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 the the, the club had to say something rather than having something prepared properly and and, and sent out um and that's as believable to me as anything that's been made up about the club and the stadium in the last couple of weeks it's not an airfix model they got as a present from an auntie it's a major construction project that's costing nine and a billion pounds um it's it's been an astonishing mad effort to get it where it is at the moment um delay or no delay i take my hats off to where to, to the people building it but but the players deserve our support where whatever has been done and however badly the comms have been done and however delayed it's going to be the players on the pitch are the ones that deserve our support regardless of levy enic or whoever so they need to be cheered from the rafters because like connor says they're the ones that are going to be the distraction they're the ones that are going to be the deflection they're the ones that are going to be making it all right and putting a band-aid over the problem and and potch is right it's a difficult period and and the players winning like says does cure ills does cure you know does make it a little bit better but yeah it it is a a, a massive clusterfuck whether or not you believe that 35 of the 300 fire alarms work whether or not you believe any of the other multitude of problems you know um rival fans sabotaging the the works and things like that whatever you believe the support the players get behind them Yeah, um, it, it sort of brings all those questions together and, and to Connor's uh, to answer him, yes, if we keep winning, if we win the Premier League this season with all the movements about, no... One's oh, gonna... fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm going, I'm, I'm going a bit, uh, yeah, so, but no one will give a monkey then. Oh, that, who cares? You know, we've got new stadium to look forward to as well now. We're coming there, Premier League champ. Winning on the pitch is what, and this, again, going, stepping back, I said yesterday about Pochino. And he was stalking his line more than usual. His arms were crossed in that defensive manner. I know he does do it anyway, but uh, at a time. But it was more. And once we scored, he sat down. Then when they equalised, he was back up and stalking. And I think the pressure has been lumped on him a little bit too. And he said that in the programme. Yeah. Um, and I, it's not down to have to answer questions on the stadium and and. and anything to sort of align to that but he is getting it and, and Daniel Levy isn't coming out uh, in any form is nothing and I, I, I said to you uh, I'll have a look through uh, didn't I Javid to have a look through the programme and see if, but there's mm. nothing there's nothing it's only Pochettino um, apologising so he's under pressure and that goes back to, to Beck's question about youth no youth I don't think he wants to, to play about and, and uh, have youth and, and the pressure on them He'd got as good a lineup yesterday as he could muster. And I think that's all to do. This was like an FA Cup final to him. He couldn't afford to lose it. And he, next week, he probably can afford, he probably can afford to lose that. But he's really looking, I, I would say, what we're saying is a draw. If he gets a draw out of that, we'll also, good. You know, we're, we're still in the hunt. We're doing well. Um, and all this pressure's gone on. And it's down to the PR. Now, like like yourself, I wasn't quite as um, annoyed as you were, Javid, on, on Monday. I, I saw the stuff coming through and people were posting, oh, there you are, I see, I told you. Look at that. You know, it's, it's, it's all gone It's all gone to rats, manure. Well, that was before Spurs. And, and Spurs took too long to come out. And 
put it to bed and say, yeah, I'm afraid this, this is what this is what it is. And they're still not handling it as well as I think they could do. They're really not. It's the fans. Now, I, I'm all right. You know, it's, it's, it's not harming me particularly. So I have to think of other Spurs supporters, other ones that have booked flights to come over here. It's not as I should think majority of them probably change it, but they, it may well be their holiday plans. I mean, it's only, what, four weeks away, isn't it, um, from playing that first game. And four weeks is you're changing your holiday plans, particularly to try and uh, round this new stadium. Um, if I play devil's advocate here for a minute, um, I, I, I understand and appreciate that a lot of those fans um, come from abroad or might come from other parts of the UK and... Um, you know they've got to make travel arrangements in in advance, and they made those arrangements in advance on the basis, on the premise that we were going to be in the new stadium, and that that's the game they wanted to be there for against Liverpool. And um, and you know once you believe that to be the case, you want to book those flights and or, or trains or whatever it might be as early as possible um, because you know, these things are expensive. Um, but they will still get an opportunity to watch Spurs, albeit at Wembley. So should they be complaining? Mm. Mm. Yeah, um, there is something in that. It's just, just. I think you just come back. The only thing that really frustrates me, I'm disappointed. Just like you, it's, it's, you know, I was going to get a big bar of chocolate at Christmas, and suddenly Christmas isn't until January the seventeenth, um, and, and it's so disappointing. Um, and I was waiting for that, but yeah. Um, this, I'm. I only being careful in my wording, really, to say, "Oh, it's all right," because some people, listeners, may well be disrupted quite a lot, might even lose money, and and they might not be as, as quite as sympathetic as as I am. I, I, what I would say, the, these, we all had to be a bit careful. This is a, as I say, John, it's a hell of a project, hell of a project, and and I, years ago, my company. Um, was dealing heavily with the Channel Tunnel. We had a lot of business with the Channel Tunnel. Um, it was an interesting project. Uh, and that ran a year over. A year over. That's what happens. Yeah. And that wasn't due to somebody miswiring, of course. I don't think he's very far away. I really don't. I saw the Chris Cowlin uh, yesterday. Have you seen it at all? The Chris Cowlin um, video at the stadium? This is the one he did on Monday. No, or, or, oh, oh, the, the more recent. Oh, yeah, no, yesterday. No. For my sins, I yeah, haven't watched one. it. Sorry, Chris. No. He's gone there and he said, and he's got the first hand knowledge here. He's gone in there and said, there are no ground workers inside working today. Overtime is off. Um, and that said to me, and also, the club shop that was supposed to be open in July mm. is still, well, I say nowhere near complete, but it's still not complete. And I think that's indicative of the fact that they've moved the workmen from that to other parts of the stadium to, to hurry that up. And the club shop possibly, because they were saying, well, September the 15th is our first game. Not everything will be finished. And I think they took the effort off. So they were running really tight schedule. I don't have a problem with that. I really don't. I understand. It costs a fortune. Chelsea were going to Wembley for three years. Three years. Now, my theory is that if we'd have said two years at Wembley, there wouldn't have been the overtime. And I, I bet, my, my feeling is, it's just my feeling, but I bet we'd have still run right tight to it. 
Um, had it been next season, oh, first, you know, first game in August, wouldn't it surprise me if I've done the same again and said, no, we have to play the first three away. Whatever you do, you, you run it tight. Um, but I, I mean, I believe it's to do with electrics because that really does, that scupper the test events, isn't it? They can't go in because of no alarms. It's probably the worst thing that could happen. You know, without any safety measures, you cannot go in. And that's, that's the end of it. So mm. I'm, I'm okay. For me, I'm okay with it. You know, it's understandable. I don't blame, stand there blaming Levy about it. Um, I think it's silly. Yeah, for sure. When it all starts up, he'll sit there and, and take the, or try and take the plaudits. Um, but he, for me, his responsibility now is to work with a PR and, and make sure that he makes, makes it right for the right people who need it and, and steps out and helps and, and uh, gives communication and clarity. That's what he needs to do now. Um, and I don't want to see it in the red tops first. One of my concerns on um, Monday when I was fuming was um, about fans getting re- refunded and, and the process by that. And particularly for, for the Fulham game, um, when it was announced that Fulham match would be at Wembley, um, what they effectively said to fans was, right, if you want to, if you want to purchase a ticket for that game, it's entirely up to you. But if you want to purchase a ticket, a ticket for that game, you've got to purchase one first. Um, and then afterwards we'll we'll, we'll refund you, um, which is you know that that's a little bit unfair. Mm. It's unfair on every, everybody concerned whether you can afford it or not to do that, and some people might not be able to. But it's a bit unfair if you've already paid for a season ticket which covers that game, and you haven't had you don't get the money refunded until after you've purchased one for Fulham, assuming you want to go to the Fulham game. So um, I purchased my ticket for Fulham. Um, they were supposed to refund me at the latest by the 30th of July. I called them up that that day and they said oh there's been a, an issue with it with the ticketing and you'll get it later later in the week um and I, I, that, that wasn't just me is that everybody was in the same boat so that uh, that wasn't handled in, in the way that it should have been and i was quite concerned they'd do the same with um the liverpool and the cardiff game um credit to them um they refunded all of that money and it was actually available online um, when I logged into my e-ticketing account, so you, you, that was then available to, to either use as credit um, if I wanted to purchase tickets for those games or transfer them into my banking account, which, which I did. Um, although even around that, there was a weird convoluted process where you had like a certain window, and then if you don't do it by that point, um, you then get another chance a few weeks later or something ridiculous like, like that. So it did. They're not great at, at doing these things anyway, um, but it, it just adds to the frustration. Um, we had a question from Craig McKissick who says he was at the ground on Friday night speaking to random workers who indicated the new ground wouldn't be ready by Christmas. Do you agree we should just book Wembley as our home ground f- for the season, finish off, finish our, our ground off, and end this horrendous media mauling we're getting? I think he's right. I don't think we'll be in there before Christmas, but... Um... I don't know how it can be speeded up, turned around, or, or or what can be made any better by the club with this, if I'm honest, um, apart from winning. I really don't. I mean, the, going back to what you're saying about the, the selling the season tickets, there was the report on the BBC that said the uh, top 10 clubs would have made a profit without the fans in the stadium. So why the fuck was the massive season ticket increase put in there? That's what I'd like to ask, if I'm honest. Sorry, Craig, for not answering your question, but that's what I'd like to ask. 
I think that's 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 disgusting, if I'm honest. This is a different issue to, in a sense, to, to the stadium deal. I know a lot of yeah. people in arms about the, the, the season ticket prices, and um, it was well known that a last deal with Sky, um, the increase from the previous deal, um, meant you could have let every fan in and every Premier League game for free and still been up on the deal. So, but Spurs are trying to, I suppose, uh, I'm not trying to make an argument, but Spurs are trying to compete. Um, and of course, that's what's annoying fans. That's how they will see it now. Um, you've upped it. You, you've, you've got this income, um, and then we still didn't purchase anyone. Um, I don't think that was a reason at all. But you know, I can see the fans boiling up about it. And of course, then with the delay, you're saying, you know getting more money off us. You've got the money off us, and then it's delayed. But um, and I can see where some of the fans are getting um, really sticky about it and, and don't, don't like it at all. Um, but uh, I. I would just think it's, if anything, I just want to see Levy come out with a bit more you know, clarity as to what's going to treat. Mm. We, we, I know it's his business. Uh, it is a business, but it's one of those unique ones where fans believe they're part of it and want to go along the journey with them. And with that journey, you know, it's it's it's, it's a feeling the love. And at the moment, we're not feeling the love, I guess. Was there anything in the programme by Levy mentioning it yesterday? Nope. Nope. No, only the couple of pages in, because I've got the programme right here, and it's Maurizio Pochettino, and it says, hi, welcome back to Wembley, our first one match, I hope you had a good summer, blah, blah, blah. First and foremost, I wish to congratulate all the players, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it goes down to saying, I'm uh, sorry about um, the stadium, you know. So, <laughs> the best we can do is to get three points. It's the only way I can do it. I think that what's missing, or I'm, I'm of the opinion that what's missing at Spurs is a lack of leadership at, at, at the top, and moreover, a, a public figure, a public face that um, that can communicate with fans. I, I accept the fact that not just Levy, but other chairmen, other owners at other clubs generally are anonymous figures. You don't hear them, hear anything much from them, but hear them say anything. But if you if you take, for example, a few years ago, I hate referencing rivals, but Chelsea, um, when Abramovich took over, uh, one of the first things they did was they, um, they pinched um, Peter, Peter Kenyon from United, yeah. Um, chief executive, but they they had people like that in charge, people who were quite visible um, at the top, and and I think that's a little bit missing at the moment in the absence of you know Levy spe- oh, speaking about such matters, and also just generally communicating with with, with fans. The whole stadium um, fiasco, if you want to call it that, I, just, I think it could have been better handled. I think. Mm. We, we often the public face of Tottenham Hotspur appears to be Maurizio Pochettino, and that's fine. He's the manager. I get that, but I, I I want to hear him talk about first team affairs. I don't want him to be put in a position where he's having to talk about field questions about um, about the stadium. It's it's fine if he. I, I understand that he's going to be asked about those questions. That's fine, and I think he deals with them as best as he can. Um, in fact, better than many could in that position. But I I do think that. We should have, you know, some sort of director of communications at the club, um, somebody that can 
be accountable who, who can who can almost like i said it to you yesterday um david at, at the fa a few years ago you had people like david davis you know somebody who was who was media savvy and i think that's that's missing at, at the club um briefly to go back to craig's question um wembley would either of you be happy playing at wembley for the rest of the season should we just accept the fact that you know it's w- a moving target i wouldn't be happy with it at all i am hoping and I, my guess is that um, December the 15th, home to Burnley, it will be the day we go in. I, I, and I've got a feeling it. we're all second-guessing. And this is the problem. You're not getting enough information to work on. We're all second-guessing. But I don't really want to play the Chelsea game. Um, Southampton on the 8th. It's a mid-week, mid-week game. Yeah. And not, not, we're not opening up the stadium on a mid-week game, that's for sure. So the, the next one with any sense will be home to Southampton. And... And, and I say I would prefer to be playing a winnable game on paper, and nothing's win, nothing's absolutely winnable. But I'd rather be playing that one, if I'm going to be truthful, just before mm. Christmas. And I, I'm looking at all the fixtures, and the one that you're worried about after Man City, we've got midweek game in the Carabao Cup, and I think we've said we will play that away anyway. So I, I think um, we could play a second string there. So um, play Man City on the Monday, a second string for the Carabao, and we might just throw that in. The bin. Um, I yeah, but, but 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 City might find themselves in the same situation. That yes, they're in the Carabao true. Cup, and at the moment they're not playing ball, and you can't blame them, can you? You know why? Why should they bend over backwards for us? Um, I don't think we do it for them. I, I doubt it. So uh, there's a lo- awful lot of time to come, isn't there? Really, to uh, um, find out all these different uh, scenarios and how it's going to affect us and, and us, the fans. When, you know, when we went to Wembley you know. last season, um, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't there planning consent for the additional open capacities in the stadium? So won't games be capped at something like 50,000 if we haven't got that planning place in place? Uh, well, not judging by the evidence of yesterday. Uh, it was 50, 58,000. That's, that's actually true. But I, I, I thought if they're going to do it through the season, they'd probably have to get some kind of clearance from the council to say we're going to open this up fully for for all of the games. Because there Perhaps, were, but, but there were some but, games that where it wasn't, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, if 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 they're going to go to Wembley for another season, they need. I think they need to make the decision sooner rather than later, yeah. rather than delaying it and stringing people along. Yeah. Um, oh, we might be ready. Oh, it's going to be ready. Oh, and it's not ready. Um, all more delays. Oh, sorry, we're you know, and then by it's you know, January. Oh, it's going to be the rest of the season because that's just going to piss season tickets holders off and and uh, other punters as well. Um, yeah. I, I think it needs to be done sooner rather than later. I think we. I, look, well, they haven't definitively said to us right the whatever game, the, the Burnley game, just in the same way they, they told us that the Liverpool game was going to be the first game. They haven't, they've stopped yeah. short of saying that, but they've also, at some point, a decision needs to be made that, right, this is this is the point at which we're going to, or we're, we're going to have our first home game. Um, or actually, you know what, it's very unlikely and two-thirds, by, probably get to the point where two-thirds of the season has gone and at that point, I'm not saying at that. I'm sorry. I'm not saying at, at two thirds of the season in. I'm I'm saying at the point at which they're projecting and they're looking ahead, and they're probably looking at it and they're thinking that stadium won't be ready till you know two thirds down the season down the line. Um, then they need to make a decision quickly, and at that point, just say right, all, all the games will be at Wembley, which you know isn't desir- desirable, but I, we just need to know one one or one or that 
other. Um, I don't want to be strung, strung along. I don't also want false, mm. false, false hope and then be given a, another target like we, we were for for the Liverpool game and then for that not to happen. I think the problem is uh, what, what I could, if I'm reading all, all the little clues around it, the fact that Chris Cowling said, you know, take the overtime off, I think they have no problem with the, the basic structure of the building to be ready. Um, and this is about employing the right electricians. And if they get them, get the right ones and get going, yeah, I, I, would, I would suggest that still towards the end of this year um, is well on plan because all the building work will comfortably fit within it. And I just think they slowed that down and, and to cut the costs a bit so that they don't need to run this hefty overtime in 24 hours. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm sure he would still be doing that. And I think this is now all down to the electrical work. I, I really do. I, I, I do believe that um, if they get the right men. So, of course, at this moment, you know, if, if that's right, and they're all looking at these adverts, and it has been confirmed that these adverts were for the Spurs Stadium, um, that, uh, you know, until they know who they've got, they sort of don't know how long it's going to take to, to put right what's been done wrong. I mean, it's down at Macy's, um, on, on their sort of feet, isn't it? That's, uh, that's where the problem lies. Um, yeah. That something's gone wrong drastically. You know, I know they want to blame it on Levy and... and I would just blame the, the communication on him, but not not the problem with the stadium. That that's mm. got to be down a mace, and, and I'm hoping that they do pay have to pay up um, a certain amount of money. I hope so. I mean, they've there should be some level of accountability. It, p- putting aside all our disappointments, our frustrations, mm. um, uncertainty to one side, at some point, all of those electrical issues, all of those health and safety issues, will be overcome. It's not. Um, something that's um, insurmountable and at some point in time we will move into that stadium it might be yeah it might be December it might be the new year Um, if I was going to picture a worst case scenario it'd be the beginning of next season I I don't think it's going to be that as bad as that Um, and just get it right when it opens just have it right don't open a building site don't have it things falling from the ceiling or you know bits aren't roped off that you can't go into because it's not ready the first impression of this place is going to be the most critical thing sure. get it right open it when it's ready that's what they need to do and and the point at which we do move into that new stadium it's going to be something lasting and something amazing um, and that, that's the bigger picture that we need to yeah. think of um right we have got a hell of a lot of questions which i probably won't get through um so apologies if, if some of your questions aren't uh, read out um very briefly before we look at those um, Spurs ladies. They're in action last night. Um, they played Crystal Palace in the Continental Cup. Um, they drew one all, um, but Palace. Um, don't explain to me how the, how the format works. But Palace apparently walk away with two points um, because they won the penalty shootout. While um, whilst we only take one point from that game. Um, Spurs ladies' next match will be against Brighton on the 26th of August. That's a week today at Chessant. Tickets are a fiver, so get down and support the ladies if you can. Um, right, questions from listeners. Um, Zoe Pearson, her Twitter handle is at Z underscore Pearson, THFC. She says, what did the panel make of Moore's performance? How valuable was, could the acquisition of Lucas prove to be long-term? Although we bought in no new signings, could we see exactly what he can do this season. Um, I think we covered this to some degree earlier. Super mm-hmm. player, big asset, going to be a big season for us. Um, yeah, looking forward to more from him. But will be a, 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 a good replacement for some while he's away. Offer some competition for that position with Lamella as well. So yeah, we'll be, we'll do well. Yeah, 
Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Um, some couple of questions on Lamella. Um, Ali Hassan, his Twitter handle is at OnlySpurs. He says, everywhere you go, do you always take Lamella with you? And Stephen Harris, any revisionism on Lamella's role going forward as he looked a lot leaner, focused and direct? Yeah, good player. I mean, I take him everywhere. Um, If he's he's fit, um, I've always rated him. He's he's got that ability to open defences. That's exactly what he did yesterday by running in space so I know it was against tired legs, but he just dragged them all and then just knocked it. And that's the perfect sort of response, if you like, to, to any criticism he may be getting. But that's that's what I want to see more of. I'll take him everywhere. Yeah, he's, he's a cracking player. And I think you might see him being world class. And I think you'll get back in the Argentinian national side. Right. Uh, yeah, it's a travesty that he wasn't in their squad um, in the summer. Um Critics, cynics, I'm not one of them, would say that the run that he made yesterday. Why don't we see more of that from 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 um, Lamella? Um, you know, we, we certainly see a lot of tenacity. We see him um, executing Pochettino's sort of pressing game um, and you know, closing down opponents, that sort of thing. But creative from a creative point of view, yeah, occasionally he's he, he you know if he finds space really well, he he can he can find players with with um, killer passes and we don't have too many of those at the club obviously Ericsson's the obvious one but um, that run yesterday um, you know that's perhaps I I think this goes back to YouTube videos maybe a lot of a lot of fans saw him do that sort of thing when he was at Roma and and perhaps haven't seen enough of that at Spurs Um, I'm I'm another Argentinian amazing little run at Wembley Um, it but yeah, I think yesterday he, he I think he showed what he can bring to the side and and how good he can be. It's just consistency will be the thing for him. If he can do it week in, week out, then he'll be playing every week. But yeah, more consistency, more of that and then then we'll um we'll, we'll be happy, I think, with his performances. The royal we that is. I think as David you touched upon earlier, I think injuries are are a big thing and if he can stay fit then um he'll get opportunities in the side. There's obviously a little bit more competition there with, with Mora now, um, but there's also an opportunity with Son being away. So um, if he takes them like he did yesterday, then um, he, he can only push on. I think I noticed this last year when he, when he came back into the team after his injury, and that's never an easy thing to do when you've been away for, for a whole year, trying to just get back in. Just psychologically, never mind... Um, uh, you know, just from a fitness point of view, trying to work your way back up fitness. But there seems to be a, a maybe a maturity about his game that perhaps maybe wasn't there um, when he joined us initially. But th- that's understandable. You know, he was a young man when he when he when he came to us. Couldn't speak the lingo. Um, perhaps was homesick. You, you look at him now. That I think he, there's a different aura about him. He seems mm-hmm. happy. If you look at any of his social media posts, he's happy. He's settled. I think he's comfortable. Um, at Spurs, um, you know, you only only got to look at when he when he signed um, that contract extension in in, in the summer. Um, his 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 delight. Um, the easy option would have been to go somewhere abroad to, um, uh, you know, somewhere like Spain um, or, or even back to Italy, better climate, etc., etc. But he's 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 stuck it out. Um, so, 
yeah, everywhere you go, definitely take Lamella with you. Um, David Ives, seems to me we're struggling to control the game in the midfield, putting pressure on our defence, perhaps due to this relation to yesterday, perhaps due to current injuries to Wanyama and Winks just coming back. But Dyer just not doing enough there. Mm, I think a bit harsh. I think, yeah, as I we discussed uh, yeah, earlier, exactly. he, he's... Um, I don't recognise that. Yeah, his role is understated in the team. Yeah. It's a bit like I'm not suggesting he's Didier Deschamps, but it's like Deschamps in the the France '98 team, the, the water carrier, as, yeah, as Cantona dubbed him. Um, but it, it's an important role. You know, teams ha- have them. Sometimes some of those players, um, Kante, for example, that, that they're a little bit more noticeable on, on the eye, um, but. Uh, yeah, I think he, he did what he had to do, and he was fairly steady about it. Um, right, Richard Healy. Now our squad is fixed and everyone is fit. Um, name what you consider to be our strongest eleven players. Who would be the first impact sub? Who wants to go first? Not me. <laughs> okay, well, I've written my team out that I, if they all were fit and ready, um, and I would play five at the back. So Loris. Trippy and Rose as fullbacks, and I still would have Rose as a, a, a fit and happy Rose. Toby, Sanchez, and Jan. Dyer, Son, Ericsson, Delhi, and Kane. Um, and I'd have probably my first one in there as a would probably be if you like Dembele because he, he's both good at defending and, and, and attacking from the midfield to freshen it up. Okay, John. Um, the same, but I'd put Davis in over Rose. That's the only change that I'd make from that, and I would say that off the bench on on off. If you're going to change formation and and for an impact sub to come in, I think you do like you did yesterday. You you take off one of the defenders, drop it back to back four, and put Lamella on or Dembele, one of those two. But from what we said earlier on, I think Dembele's probably got more to to offer because he's the the way he he can um, change a game. So I would agree with that. But one change in the in the starting eleven. Um, it's really difficult because it, if you make the assumption that everybody's fit, and he, he says it, it's all I can do. <laughs> well, but it's it slightly. You, you said um, David. You said Rose. Now, I would. It depends what sort of Danny Rose we get. If we get the Rose that we got before his injury... Well, that's the one I'm talking about. That's Yeah, on that basis, I would have him ahead of D- Davis, and I think Davis has, has been superb. If it's a Rose that's fit but not playing to that level, then I'd have to I'd have, I'd have to favour the, the person yeah. who's been playing consistent, consistently yeah, on a basis. Um, who would I go with? Um, I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to go with two formations... Um, and switching up a bit. So if we go with the back four, I'd go for Hugo in goal, um, Trippier at right back, Davis at left back. I'm still going to make the assumption that Rose isn't at those levels and may never be, um, but we shall see. Only time time will tell. Um, and then I'd go with Toby and Diane. Um, that completes my back four. And then I'd have a midfield pairing off. I would go for Winks ahead of Dembele with with Dyer as the holding 
player, but it could just as easily be be Wenyama. And then I'd go with Ericsson, Delhi, and I'm gonna go with Lamella ahead of Sun. Ooh. And Kane up top, but it could it could just as easily be Sun mm. ahead of ahead of ahead of Lamella, and then the impact sub in that scenario would be, yeah, one of those two. Whoever, out of Sun or Lamella is the one that's missed out, would would be my impact sub. Um, If we go with the back three, um, then it would be Sanchez who would come in. Um, Full-backs would be the same. Um, uh, I think Winks would miss out in that scenario. I'd play Dyer, I'd drop Ericsson further back, and then I'd have Delhi with either Sun or Lamella supporting Kane mm. I know that's a bit of a cop out I've given you two formations and I can't make my, make my mind up with who, who I choose, choose over Sun or um, Lamella I think it, it just it would just be one of those things it would be who's in form at the time it probably be depending on the op- opposition etc um, but I think you've got you've got two really good players and, and more, I haven't mentioned Mora um, but I, um, I think I'd show, show loyalty to to Son and Lamella, who've been at Spurs for a lot longer period of time, and just just see how the Mura situation evolves. Um, right, uh, final couple of questions. Um, Rodney Vincent, John Kralik, in a week when so many fans have been behaving like headless cockroaches, how much should we owe Pochettino and the team for bringing things back into focus and making it once more all about football? Just get behind them. Just cheer, cheer, cheer. Keep keep cheering the names. Keep singing the songs. Keep attending the games. Well, Pochettino is one big... Um, not because his substitutions yesterday were spot on. Absolutely spot on. Um, and, and he's got the results. And um, the pressure's on him, I'm afraid. So, yeah, good man. We all got to cheer behind him. And he, yeah, just, I, I, I just don't have the problem at all with... with this stadium thing um, and all the negativity. Um, I, I, it's disappointing, but we get behind the team. That's what we could do. Who knows? We may well win something this season. Okay. Um, we had a few more questions. Um, another one from David Ayers, a few other ones, one from Nicky Merritt. Um, but um, unfortunately, We've got very little time left and we've probably overran. Um, I'm going to finish off with the recurring question on the podcast. So, John, it's your first time back on the pod this season. Um, and the question is um, from uh, our listener, I know, at oh, sorry, his Twitter handle is at I know, Alan, Alan Gilzean. Um, and it is, which first player would you like to travel to and sit with at an away game? Well, if it's a current one, it wouldn't be Delhi because I've seen his stupid fist bumps that he's pranking people with. So that would just really piss me off if it's a pass player i'd love to go with greasy and just sit and chat with him about his time at the club and 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 and, and yeah greasy i think from a, if it's a if it's a modern one that you yeah. want i think i would go with trippier and just just see i see how he is because he's he you don't see interviews with him or I just like to get to know him about him as a a person as more than a player who's who's developing on pitch. Interesting choice, right? Um, the next podcast will be recorded um, a week a week Tuesday um, Tuesday evening, um, the day after the United game. My guest on that occasion will be John, I believe. Hello. Um, and um, Zoe Pearson hopefully will be joining us um, 
that evening. Um, until then, thank you, John. No worries. Thank you very much. Thank you, David. Thank you. Pleasure. And until next time, the future's bright, the future's clearly white. Good night. Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the base are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its low tonight We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team, my dreams have ever seen Pull on that lily white and run on to that green Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go, the name's up on our shirt have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.